1: To another issue of, issue, wrong show. Welcome to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. You're having a good night tonight, aren't you, Mike? <laughs> I wish. Uh, it's been a long week, I will say that. A little rough midweek, uh, but as we're recording, it's, it's kind of good. Because the the wife and I are celebrating. Today is our anniversary, but we're gonna sell. We celebrated a little bit yesterday. We're gonna celebrate some this weekend. Twenty two years.
2: Wow! Congratulations, man. So
1: thank you. So how are you guys doing? As I'm uh, all right. As I'm looking, trying to figure out why on my end, think outputs are not the way they should be. So uh, alrighty. So um. I guess it's me to start us off if we're going to go ahead and jump to that point.
2: Yeah, there's a couple of th- a couple of big things in here so we're going to have to jump right into it
1: tonight. Um we didn't cover this last week because of the obvious Smugglers Alliance meetup, which we I, got
2: a lot of really feedback from that.
1: I think that was a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, it was fun. and I, I am definitely, now of course we, we had one gentleman, uh, Lee, who wants to be a part of it, who couldn't make it last week, so it'd be fun to see you, um, when we get him on as well, but I, I'm i happy with this career, with the yeah. Smugglers Alliance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's going to make future roundtables really fun, so stay Stay tuned, nice to- stay tuned to hear them more in the future when we do big get-together events. Well,
2: it's nice to actually um, talk to other um, people in the fan community that are actually want to talk Star Wars also and get on here that are able to do it. Like other podcasters, other people who do blogs, things like that. It's great to share opinions yep. and ideas uh, that
1: way. Yep. Oh, yeah. So... Um, so, yeah, there's apparently 11 projects currently in development and nine that are rumored. So in development, we have the John Favreau live action series. And I'm not going to get too much into this because Ken's got a story that's going to discuss more on this.
2: Yeah, um, it basically just wrapping up all the details we already have. That, or what, yeah. what do we actually know about this?
1: So we're going to skip this one. Uh, In the 19 spot, because they just put this in order, it's like... Uh, confirmed, rumored, confirmed, rumored, confirmed. That's how they're doing this. Uh, this comes from Screen Rant. Uh, rumored, a Lando spinoff film. Now, I, the reason why we're saying rumored is this was brought up, and then uh, Kathleen Kennedy, I believe, kind of backtracked on it a little bit, if I remember right. Yeah, I think this is
2: one of those, they may have like a whiteboard somewhere that has all their ideas, and this one's all on the whiteboard, but that's about as
1: far as it's gotten. Yes. Um so, uh, do we want to see more Donald Glover? Yes. Uh, Definitely. if there is, if there is a rumored, um, oh, whatchamacallit, it? <laughs> Drawing a blank. If there is a rumored sequel to Solo, then um, I'm sure we'll see more of him. Hopefully, if see, not, yeah, if not, the they... check out the the Lando Double Jeopardy or it yeah. Double Jeopardy or Double Down, the current five issue comic from Marvel that's got more of the Glover Lando in it.
2: Yeah. Well, the oh, way we see yeah. him at end of um, Solo, it would be all that could all that could also work as the last time they saw each other till Cloud City. Yeah. So they left that off the. They may not have seen each other since then. That's why when they get together, um, Lando treats him like a um, slimy, no good, double crossing, all that stuff, because of the way he kind of um, stopped Lando's cheat. Yeah. So you never know. They they may or may not, depending on how they want to write it, they don't have to put the two of them back together again.
1: The, this is true. This is very true. Um, the... Uh... I'm just going to bring up something else. Oh, just out of curiosity, the solo sequel, will it be called Duo? Uh... I'm going to go
0: with no, (laughs) probably not.
1: (laughs) And no one's got the Vader drop of no. I don't think that deserved it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, In development in number 18 is the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Um, Supposedly production has already begun on the trilogy's early stages. Um, So far next to nothing has been revealed. Um, And supposedly Johnson didn't even have to pitch an actual story to get it greenlit so what did he do he just did the last jedi
2: Well, you got to think that really um, that was the first of the of the four books we've gotten so far. It was the only one that really didn't have any behind the scenes uh, problems that we knew about. Correct. Force Awakens yeah. had had uh, Michael Arndt was taken out. They put in um, Kaz and those guys to, to write it. And there was other things behind the scenes. Uh, all the other ones we had swapped directors. We had script problems, all these other things. The, the Last Jedi went off without a hitch until it hit the theater.
1: Actually was, I thought there was someone else initially before Johnson was given it. Johnson wasn't the first choice for it.
2: I know episode nine had a um, swapping director I don't remember if he did also I think Ryan Johnson was first choice My no wait because Josh Trank was supposed to be number nine no Trank
1: was supposed no, to be no it was Solo was supposed to be another Trank was supposed to be a Boba Fett movie
2: yeah but I think he was also supposed to be um, episode nine
1: no just just that. who was
2: supposed
0: to be nine then wasn't it what about Colin Trevorrow wasn't he supposed to be
1: Trevorrow was supposed to do nine right. yeah 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 and then that failed for whatever reason I and mean, went back jj yeah so uh rumored an obi-wan spinoff film
2: hang on a second with this ryan johnson one i still say there's a lot of water because um the one thing they did note they did mention in this um then and they've said since the beginning that he said this has nothing to do with the main episodes of star wars
1: which is great
2: it's great but also i i still say that's this is probably where we're going to see crimson dawn and this is where we're going to see all story at Darth Maul and Kira will be these with these these movies it's a totally different section of the galaxies that has nothing to do with the main movies true And the part in the actual we talked beforehand that the Darth Maul scene in solo actually is the only one that kind of felt like it wasn't done during production it wasn't written in the original movie yeah it may have been at last minute type of deal or not last minute but you know what I'm saying
1: yeah I do so um so again rumored an Obi-Wan spinoff film uh um, which, like... I think I mentioned it last week. Yeah, you know, with everything everyone wanting Kathleen's job and for her to step down and get fired, I say if this is a phase one using Marvel's terms and they are doing this as a tribute to George and what he might have wanted, I say let's get through whatever this third Star Wars story film is and let's get through episode 9 and let's see what Ryan Johnson in the in the game from Game of Thrones Let's see what they bring us. And if those are stories that are not involving around the main characters and and the focus of the timeline we've been seeing, then perfect.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let her her stay. A little bit. And let the saga rest for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Come back in five, ten years. But to me, the way Solo's been done, yeah, it is. It is a saga character, but it didn't feel like a saga film. It wasn't. So, I mean, even, well, Rogue One had a little bit feel of of the saga because it went directly to A New Hope. But this was, no, you you really didn't need to know much about Solo or haven't seen any of the other films to enjoy Solo Mm -hmm. type thing. So, my opinion.
2: Well, Rogue One was that way, too. It ties directly into Episode 4. But if you've never seen Episode 4, it was still a good spy movie. Yes. Spy war movie.
1: Um, So with Obi-Wan, yes, we would love to see Ewan McGregor. Uh, he would be at the right age for it now. Uh, we have had some speculation from our friends over at Fantha Tracks uh, that it is that Obi-Wan is coming, starting to film next year. <laughs> Uh, maybe it's not, um, which uh, I have no clue why this is acting like this on my recorder. That was plenty loud in my ears, plenty loud in y'all's ears, and it's barely doing anything on the, oh, well, figure it out later. Um, there's always post. post. Um, so, yeah, Obi-Wan, uh, to me, the only question is, what do they do? I mean, there's 20 years between the time he appears on Tatooine to when we see him in A New Hope. Does he go off world? Does he stay there? um, I mean, what type of tell do you tell
2: well when we first saw saw this story I remember um, my take on it was the way the, um if you look at the character of Obi-Wan he was given a mission and the way Obi-Wan is he would follow that mission to the letter his mission was to protect Luke Skywalker right that's why he's on Tatooine that's the only reason he's there or else he'd have been off doing other stuff so I, in my opinion he probably never left Tatooine he shouldn't have left Tatooine if he's following his mission and actually acting true to character and for me I really don't know if I want to See a Star Wars movie where it's all on one planet the entire movie. Uh,
1: I would agree with that.
2: That's where um, another rumor that's not on this list that um, has to do with Obi-Wan is: there's a, um, I've heard a rumor somewhere. That of a possible Obi-Wan Anakin movie that takes place back during like the Clone Wars or something that had nothing to do with the actual through line of the Emperor and all that stuff. But it's just another adventure of Obi-Wan and Anakin.
1: Well, if that's the case, do you recast Obi-Wan and Anakin since both Hayden Christensen, who supposedly retired, and Ewan are both older? And don't have the look of what they did from back then?
2: I don't know. Well, with what they could do digitally now, that probably would not be a problem. And Hayden, I I have a feeling Hayden may come out of retirement to work with um, another director and actually just get back into Anakin.
1: That's true, too. You
2: cannot and
1: escape if, your destiny. Yeah. If nothing else, you give him enough money, he'll do it. <laughs> that's that's true, too. Um, in development, we know this comes out this fall, uh, Star Wars Resistance, uh, which is being headed, headed up by Dave Filoni. Uh, and this will take place before um, Force Awakens. The show will follow... Kazuda Ziano, a pilot who becomes entangled in the brewing war as a resistance spy. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be making beer. Could be <laughs> be a blue milk mo- blue milk special. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: um, one. Th- hear about this a little bit though that uh dave filoni is the executive producer but he's not the showrunner on this yeah there's you know, there, if you look at um if you just read between the lines on stuff that's running around there's something happening behind the scenes at lucasfilm and uh, i i expect an announcement within the next month or two of uh, filoni's going somewhere he's changing jobs or something could be jacob going on and the, he that whole chief creative officer that we were talked about possibly a position for that that may be going to him
1: may, maybe he becomes the quote-unquote uh Kevin Feige where he oversees the I think he oversees story group and makes sure everything that way he's the one central person going okay this is what the film needs to stay to this is the outline following yeah basically what feige does with is doing with marvel mm-hmm. right um, which i think be no better person to put in that job for my opinion. great person for it um now the show is inspired by world war Two aircrafts and fighter pilots which lucas said that's kind of what the inspiration for the dogfights in the film were anyway so yeah um the new cast for this is bobby Moy- Moynihan, susie McGrath. Christopher Sean, Donald Faison, and Josh Brenner, to name just a few, with appearances by Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn Christie as Poe and Captain Phasma. So uh, Luke Han and Leia cameos, maybe a young Ben Solo, maybe, Uh, but this will definitely uh, bridge the gaps between the old films and the new films. Now, a rumored Star Wars, young adult romance film, yeah, I've not heard one at all. Uh, this was first reported on Star Wars Newsnet over a year ago and it remains one of the more penciled rumors on this list. Um older fans might scoff at the idea, but it sounds actually quite promising. Um how could this work? Well, Claudia Gray's Lost Stars is a great example of how this concept could work with a with a film. Uh, Lost Stars is a young adult Star Wars novel that tells the story of two lovers that find themselves on op- opposite ends of the galactic civil war. Hmm. Well, we kind of almost see that a little bit too with uh Shattered Shattered Empire. Yeah. You know, with With Poe and – or Poe's mom and dad, so.
2: Well, this one actually I could see being directed at young adults. I don't – I almost don't see this in the theater. I see this as actually an exclusive to the streaming service when they launch it.
1: Yeah. I agree. Definitely, yes.
2: And DVD or Blu-ray. I agree. And maybe give it a premiere on Disney Channel or Disney XD and then move it to the streaming service exclusively.
1: Yeah. Um – because it's a young adult. In development, uh, and we already have the release dates, coming, I believe, summer of 2019 will be Galaxy's Edge in California. Fall will be Galaxy's Edge here in Orlando. It is the Black Spire outpost on the planet called Batu, which both have been referenced in the movies. So, um, of course, we've, we've already talked about that. Uh, rumored a Darth Maul spinoff.
0: Do we need it? I have not, I have not heard of the about this one either.
2: See this one, I think goes up to, it goes in with Ryan Johnson. I'm still, I'm still got
1: until they say otherwise. I'm, I'm calling that one now. I, I almost want to see this as I think we talked about last week on the streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, rumored an Ahsoka Tano spinoff film. While I agree, she may deserve her own film. Um, I would rather almost see her as part of an ensemble group.
0: I could see her having her own like uh, series, maybe, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know about a movie.
2: I like the idea of her and um, the series with her and Sabine yeah. going out in Ser Ezra and Thrawn. Yeah, yeah. Either live action or animated. Either way. Yep now Uh, this is one i've not heard the uh, a real rumor i've heard people a lot of people want it and even says here how rosario dawson has already said she would love to play the character yeah Mm -hmm. but then i'm thinking you got you're gonna either have to redub the voice because ashley Eckstein is ahsoka
1: oh yeah
2: ashley is an on-screen actress also
1: she's done some yes now, in development is the Weiss and Ben-Off film series. Uh, these are the guys behind Game of Thrones. Uh, so who, what could we potentially be looking at? Um, I don't know, but some Amelia Clark has remarked that their work Could be Star Wars on acid. So (laughs) I'd be cool. I'd be down for something strange and and weird for a trilogy.
0: Star Wars with dragons. Yeah. This would be, that
1: would be,
2: um, that would be the Crimson Dawn, I think. Because them doing an underworld story, I think would
1: work. Yeah, but that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I would. I would go even further than that. Let's let's talk about the Sith. Let's let them do the Sith Wars.
2: Oh, go a thousand years in the past.
1: That that gets mentioned in um, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, and kind of slowly bring Knights of the Old Republic canon.
2: Do their their series be a new Tales of the Jedi?
1: Yeah could be well adapt let, stuff let, out
2: of that but write new
1: stories in that era well let, let's go back and do the sith wars in the creation of the jedi and the sith but let's let's go that far back i think these guys would be perfect for that i like that one uh rumored that could be interesting rumored a yoda spinoff film i, uh, I don't want I don't a yoda think, movie i like the mystery yeah
0: yeah um,
2: have to be a yoda your origin yeah he's 900 years old when he dies this could be 150 years ago and it'll be totally new characters in a totally new situation but it's still yoda
1: but you know what that could be yoda could be a key figure in the weiss and benoff films if they go back to the start of the sith wars
2: possibly depending
1: on how far back they put that so this would be them to create that new canon Yoda could be old enough to say I was there during the Sith Wars. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: so, because he, he was over 900 years old when he dies in Return of the Jedi. True. So, um, in development, uh, Derek's got this one uh, a little later as well. Um, this is the the game that was just announced at E3. So, we're going to skip that and wait for Derek to get that, to that later in the show. Uh, Along with number eight, which is future updates for Battlefront 2. Again, we got a story covering that here in a little bit. Wow, this is going a little quicker than I thought. (laughs) Um, In development is Star Wars, Tobias Beckett. Uh, This is a one-shot book that's coming out uh, in September, I believe. August or September? August 15th. Two months from today, as we're recording this on the 15th, um, of course, this is a, the one shot which uh, talks about how Beckett, you know, it's Beckett's backstory. Now, his relationship with Infos Nest and how that rivalry becomes, uh, how he gets involved with uh, with Vox, etc. Uh, the comic is going to be illustrated by Mark Lamming. Uh, Lamming will sliny and Edgar Salazar and will be written by Jerry Duggan which he did a great job on the Chewbacca five issue oh yeah so um, so since we have seen the the hint of a history between Beckett and Everest in solo we're gonna see a little bit more of that in this book uh, in development uh, EA Vancouver has a Star Wars game coming um, and it's going to be under the Visceral Games. Uh, right now, the co- it's codenamed Ragtag. And could be a story-driven game helmed by Uncharted director Amy Henning. Mm. So interesting. that's interesting. Um, rumored a Knights of the Old Republic adaptation, which, again, I can, we just kind of discussed that. Maybe this is what um, Ben-Off and Weiss are going to do. Um, now, this is saying not only is, is it in high demand among fans, but many believe an adaptation of Kotar is already underway. Uh, Ben-Off and Weiss, the creators of Game of Thrones, are already tapped for a film series within the Star Wars universe. Think about it. A fantastical story about what Warring factions, political intrigue, and eccentric heroes and villains to all fighting to rule the galaxy. So in in many ways, we kind of (laughs) already discussed this uh even in the last jedi um a easter egg was referencing darth revan was hidden uh, and of course we see in the um unclassified missions is that what it was called on uh netflix Clone Wars season 6 oh it was um we we see revan make an appearance there so
2: yeah no that was darth bane i thought no yeah mark hamill played darth bane
1: okay i was confused
2: um, if our the old um, Star Wars, the Old Republic MMO is actually still running, and they're still putting out new content for it. Now, is the new content actually part of canon, or is that no. still totally separate canon? It's totally separate. Okay,
1: it's totally separate. I've played a little bit of that, but I just don't have time for MMOs. Yeah, I, I'm i stuck. on. I'm, yeah, me either. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck in one section, and it's like, I, I don't understand. Maybe it's just me, but I'm not understanding how to get to where I need to get to to kind of help advance my character further, and I'm getting bored with it. So, um, in development, Thrawn Alliances, which is the next book. That's supposed to be coming out. That comes out next month, July 24th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rumored a Darth Vader spinoff film. Hmm. Do we need it? Not really, no. Yeah, we've already – we had three movies basically about his origin. I mean, what are we going to have with it? Just him hunting down – the Jedi? I would imagine. <laughs> Essentially, that's what, what Charles Soule's doing with, with the Vader comic now. Yeah. I mean, that's the spinoff.
0: Yeah. The problem,
2: the one thing you could have a problem with if you do a Star Vader spinoff film that happens between episodes three and four is possibly um, doing like what the prequels kind of did and try to make um, him more of a sympathetic character. It's like he's supposed to be an unbeatable monster that everybody's afraid of by the time you get to episode four. That's, there's a reason why Darth Vader's close to the top to just about everybody's um, top villains list in the real world. Right. Yeah. If you watch it, the, um, the prequels, you don't get that from Anakin, but that's because he hasn't become Darth Vader yet. You have 20 years there for him to actually become that unstoppable killing machine. But if you put a movie in the middle here, you may, you may have a problem with people's opinions swaying the other direction with it.
1: Sure. Give yourself
2: to the dark side.
1: So, uh, number two in development, a Boba Fett film. I, I it's got to be early, early stages of development. If this is the case, yeah, um, yeah, it must be. And then number one, Episode Nine, which I'm sure we'll find out more about that uh, from stuff from panels at Celebration Nine or yeah. Ce- Celebration Chicago. So uh, that wraps it up for my 20 rumors in development. So one of those, which was the very first one, was the uh, Favreau story, Uh, talking about the Favreau series. So I'm going to turn that over to Ken.
2: Well, we know there's actually a lot of information already out about this, even though we have no idea what this is about. But if you actually look it over, um, we know that this is actually back in November 2017, just a couple of months ago. Um, we found out that the new show is going to come out on the Disney streaming service, which is set to launch next year in 2019. Um, they're also putting out a new Marvel show, a high school musical spinoff and a Monsters <sighs> of Corp animated series. But the details really have been coming out slowly, but we have got some. We did find out John Favreau is writing and executive producer for the film – Um, Back in March, he's also um, said recently that he's actually already written up, I believe, three or four episodes, and that he helped use that as his actual, this is what we're going to be um, doing. So the first couple episodes were already written. um, And actually, Favreau said, if you told me at 11 years old that I would get a chance or would be getting to tell stories in the Star Wars universe, I wouldn't have believed you. I can't wait to embark on this exciting adventure the only thing stopping this from getting into production right now, I think, is the fact that he's still, he's actually directing the Lion King live action show adaptation for Disney that yeah. doesn't come out till summer.
0: Oh, right, yeah. Yeah.
2: So he's got to finish that up before, so it, it says here, when can we expect it? Um, the service start launches in 2019. I don't think this is going to be launching with the service. I think it'll be coming out after. Because I, he's got to work at it, they're probably not going to start production until late 2018 at the earliest.
1: Yeah, I see this either going to disney to disney channel or possibly a free form
2: that's if they put it out before the streaming service i think it's going to go straight to the streaming service
1: yeah i don't know yeah, i'm streaming service isn't slated till next year
2: i know and this I, is not, not even in production on this yet yeah but i i don't think we're gonna get this until probably earliest to be christmas next year or fall
1: yeah yeah OK, I, I was mishearing things. I, yeah. thought, I thought I was reading that they were going to try and launch it later this year. Mm-hmm. So,
2: Well, Favreau tell um, yeah, his where he, this is where he said he told the Nerdist at the solo premiere that he had wrote like four of the um, he wrote four episodes to show them what it would be. I've been thinking about the show for a long time. So that's the quote that of where he's at on that. Um and actually they, here they're predicting that it may not be may not launch until 2020. Um now uh when would it be actually be set? Favreau has told everybody that um in May that it's going to be set about 7 years after the Battle of Yavin, which puts it only 3 years after Return of the Jedi, which is 27 years before The Force Awakens. So this will be ha- t- taking place basically in the original trilogy timeline. Cuz right. you're 3 years from Jedi, so It'll be uh, basically mopping up the Empire. Um, Now, if I remember, the Empire officially falls uh, in – of surrenders or whatever is not that like within a year or two of um, Endor yes it's something like that so this will be right after that um, it says here it's a res- it, um, and it's well before resistance because we saw we heard in your story Resistance Star Wars Resistance the animated series is going to be only probably within five to ten years before in um, The Force Awakens
1: all right right
2: plenty of time in between for the two different shows to exist so that's all the information we actually have for this which is not a lot of information but it is a lot of information considering they've not even um, finished writing any of the everything down,
1: yeah. So, I'm very interested in that one, yeah. I see, I like Favreau's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finally saw Jungle Book, uh, we were watching it at work. Um, I still haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, Jungle Book was fun, it, it's been on either TBS or TNT. Um, I believe it's still on Netflix right now, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's not bad, not what I'm expecting, but I mean, look what he did though, with, with the first two Iron Man films.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: And and then look at what happened when he stepped away from the third one. So, um, no, I'm, I'm okay seeing what he's going to do. And we know that he's a, a big Star Wars fan as well. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Well, he's already characters in star wars it yeah. was pre visla clone wars he's um was solo solo yep so um well if that's it on favro let's go ahead and jump
2: have show so far
1: yeah i can't wait it's just like i can't wait for uh next month with san diego comic-con yeah well
0: uh Funny you should mention that because we have a uh, couple of the Comic-Con exclusives that Hasbro will be putting out, <clears throat> excuse me, for Star Wars and uh there's some pretty interesting ones this year. Uh we have three of them here. Uh and uh this first one is uh it's just a really cool one. I love this so much. It is the Doctor Aphra 3-pack. Oh. It is, of course, Dr. Afra and her droid counterparts, BT-1 and Triple Zero. They're all getting their own three and three-quarter inch action figure three-pack. Uh, it's going to come in vintage uh, packaging, window box packaging. And it's going to cost $50. <sighs> uh, available in limited quantities, of course. At select conventions, including SDCC, as well as certain online retailers and HasbroToyShop.com, while supplies last.
1: Yeah, while supplies last.
2: Yeah, but I, I, it, just, these this a, time Hasbro's done this either.
0: No. it's No.
2: Yeah. a couple for Target exclusives. I have, um, I think, a Bounty Hunter pack, which I think was Boba Fett, uh, IG-88, and maybe Dengar.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then there was a droid pack. It had, like, a Gonk droid, a medical droid, and, else, and another one.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, this one has two of the greatest droids of all time. And the the BT uh, astromech
1: droid. BT-1, yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: BT-1. He comes with uh, various weapons that he you might have seen in the comic book.
1: And uh, removable.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. That is awesome. So uh, that's a I don't know. That's it's pricey, but it's really cool. Yeah, I love that, and they look really good too. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the Force Awakens. Rey versus Kylo Ren at Starkiller Base. Black Series centerpiece. Uh, these centerpieces take iconic scene. Excuse me again. My nose is starting to stuff up. <laughs> uh, they take iconic scenes from the from the Star Wars and turn them into statuesque scenes with incredible details and enhanced diorama set pieces. Uh, this is the lightsaber battle between Rey and Kylo on Starkiller Base uh, in The Force Awakens, which includes a water mister for steam effects and an acrylic light-up backdrop. Now, this beauty is uh, going to be $110. Again, limited quantity, select conventions, including SDCC, certain online retailers, Hasbro, toyshop.com, who all supplies last. But that's a pretty good-looking uh, centerpiece there. Yep. Now, this last one is really interesting, and it is from The Empire Strikes Back, a Han Solo and Minoc Black Series figure set. It's pretty cool. It is. Uh, this is a sync from the 6-inch Black Series set. Uh, it's a new version of Han Solo, dressed up uh, as he was in the Empire Strikes Back during the scene when they were in the uh, space slug. Um, and it has a couple of additional accessories, including a creature figure in the form of the Minox that cling to the Millennium Falcon, um. And has there ever been a Mayan toy before?
1: Yes, there was during the um Power of the Force. Really? Set? <laughs> I mean, yeah there. There was a three pack. It was Chewie, Leia, yeah. and Han with the masks. With the you know, of course, with all the articul you know. The, the major articulation and the better mask. But mm-hmm. with that came a, a Minot, uh, oh, cause I, cause I had, I had a set, uh, box was slightly damaged. So I went ahead and gave it to, to Zoe to play with. So yes, despite what some people would say, <laughs> we did open the box. That's right. And, uh, so, so yeah, so yeah, there, there's a, there's a Minoch that came in that. Huh. Oh, this one looks pretty good.
0: And uh, Han himself also comes with the breathing apparatus, his trusty blaster, and some kind of baton, which could perhaps be what he was going to use to clear the Minocs off the ship. Uh, this set is going to cost $35. Guess what? Limited quantities, select conventions, certain online retailers, com. also while supplies last.
2: Which basically means you can get this at San Diego, New York Comic Con, and maybe DragonCon? Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe. Depending on how online sales That's, go.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think what other big cons are still this year. I mean, it could have been WonderCon, but WonderCon's already done.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, in other toy and collectible news, uh, we have some non-convention toys, uh, items. And the first thing we have is a, from Rogue One, a Star Wars story, the Imperial Combat Assault Tank slash Hover Tank vehicle. Yeah, that thing's cool. Yeah, it's coming to the Vintage Collection um and it was a very popular item at the New York Tyf- Toy Fair Fair <laughs> earlier this year um you can currently pre-order the item for 79.99 with free shipping slated for August um it has a vintage Kenner style uh even though it's from Rogue One. Uh, it has like things like weathering on the paint job and uh, comes with accessories, like including a pilot figure, cargo, and oh, more. And next, we have the Z6 Riot control, control Baton that comes to the Black Series Force FX lineup. Uh, this is a one-for-one, full-scale replica model uh, modeled after the weapon from Star Wars The Last Jedi in, in you know, the scene where the, uh, you know, the tra- infamous traitor scene. Traitor. <laughs> uh, this, this item features light effects, movie sounds, a metal handle, a vibrating motor, and prongs. <clears throat> and uh, it's a good thing I'm not describing this on uh, my other show, Keepers of the Fringe. <laughs> uh, 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 prongs that actually flip out automatically. Uh, that can be pre-ordered and it is priced at one ninety nine and ninety nine cents with free shipping. So under $200. And, uh, yeah, yeah just under two hundred
1: dollars. If you sh- use the Shop Disney Parks app, you can find a a slightly cheaper version that looks just as good for a lot less. Uh,
0: so, h- h- same here's him. the official. Same but not same. Here's the official description of the baton. Kids and fans alike can imagine the biggest battles and missions in the Star Wars saga with roleplay items from the Black Series. With exquisite features and decoration, this series embodies the quality and realism that Star Wars devotees love. Imagine wielding the electrifying power of the First Order Riot Control Stormtrooper with the Force FX Z 6 Riot Control Baton from Star Wars The Black Series, modeled after the weapon from Star Wars The Last Jedi. A true-to-story replica of one of the weapons of the First Order Stormtroopers from Star Wars The Last Jedi, this authentically designs Z6 Riot Baton is com- complemented by a real metal handle and flip to activate mechanism for full baton extension. The Force FX Z6 Riot Baton also features authentic movie sound effects, a br- vibrating motor on the baton handle, and a stand for display. So there you go. It does look pretty cool.
2: This is kind so, of funny. You know, you know, beginning, beginning of what you just said there was kids and fans alike. I don't know how know. many out there. Who's going to spend $200 um, I know, right? for your 6 year olds go play with?
0: Yeah, no yeah, kidding. No. Especially <laughs> with Metal Park. Yeah, no kidding.
1: You, he thought he was waking you up in the morning. No, nope. yeah. make that concussion a little heavier.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just an accident waiting to happen. Yeah, I don't see any kid in the world owning that thing. Unless maybe like a really rich kid who can buy whatever they want. But yeah, I don't see any parent buying that for their kids. Nope. That does look cool though.
2: But what parents can do for their kids is they take their kids to go see Solo. Cause it's still. In theater.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Well, I think I uh, was going to say uh, the next story is back to you, Ken.
2: Yes. And uh, <laughs> if you went Sorry. to see Solo, you would get to know that as we've told on the show, that Darth Maul actually returns to the silver screen. No. Yeah. And we actually get to see here, um, how did that actually happen? Where where did this come from? I mean, was this always there? Was it not? Um, and we have GameSpot actually has uh, part of an interview here from Lawrence Kasdan and um, telling about what it takes to actually get Darth Maul back on the screen. Now, we already know that um, – everybody that's listening to this show already knew he was alive or you should have known at this point we've talked I about have, him with rebels and clone wars and all of that
0: we might've mentioned it once or twice
2: maybe um if nothing else we mentioned the spider legs Yes, <laughs> they were put together by the dark side of the force sith magic that was actually one of the cool things with the clone wars it's like how did you get spider legs ah the force made it
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we already know darth maul's alive that's not a surprise um, but Lawrence Kasdan was talking and said that um, John was a particular champion of Darth Maul. Now, we know Lawrence Kasdan's pedigree because he was actually the co-writer on um, things like the Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens. So he's got um, – he's worked a couple of times with Lucasfilm and with George Lucas himself. Um, he went on to say that um, we already knew that Dryden was not top of the of this ladder at all, and we wanted it to be someone really powerful. Hmm. But John was the one that said, it's got to be Darth Maul. And uh, solo director Ron Howard was right there with me. Um, John John Kazin, Lawrence Kazin's son, co-writer said, um, picking up on his father's thread. Now, that's interesting because that shows that this was not in the original script. Because Ron uh, was there when they figured out that they were going to put this in there. So, uh, going back to the quote, it says... I did my homework to know that because of Rebels, because of Clone Wars, we were in a position where this part of Darth Maul's life was gray enough... That we could fill it in with this thing, so according to John Kasdan. and it worked nicely with the Rebels and Clone Wars, in that he did he did survive that incident with Qui Gon, and he did go into the world of crime and self interest, and was separate from the Empire and the Sith, and that whole thing to go pursue pursue his own life. So I thought this worked nicely, and it certainly left the door open for us use greater or great stuff from Ball's legacy in the future. Um, oh, now because yeah. remember. Um, like we mentioned here, at the very end of the Clone Wars, Darth Maul is defeated and actually taken prisoner by the Emperor, who decides not to kill him because he has something from Maul to do. Then you follow it up with the Darth Maul comic books, then you find out that he officially quote-unquote escaped from the Imperial custody, yeah. which if this is set up here that the Emperor is really pulling this, that would make, this could be what the Emperor actually had for him to do, was to work in the Underground. Now, um, another quote, Jonathan also went on to say that um, there was a great, or this was actually about the force awakens i guess there was a um, now this is rumored from the force awakens from way back in the day that there there was an original opening scene that wasn't used because it leaked online hmm. Um, and according to Jonathan, it says, um, there was a great idea in force awakens that leaked and was cut because it leaked and it drove me crazy because I thought it was a great opening to the movie. So with this thing, we were very careful to never say it in the script. It was written into the script as a character. So shocking to see appear. we'd love to, we'd have to kill you. If we told you who it was, that's what the name of the character was in the script. So no, just, yeah did not know who this was. That's how they were able to actually keep it quiet. Now, I want to know how they kept it quiet between the premiere date and the actual premiere of the movie. I know. Because it played a can nice. it can for all the... Um, well, the media wouldn't leak it. We know this. Right. <laughs> because if you want to stay on the media list, you don't... Do <laughs> you <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, no kidding.
2: Now, the castings also um, knew that there needed to be a boss bigger than um, in Crimson Dawn, the Dry Boss. And um, Jonathan went on saying that it was tied to the idea of the line that Kira says earlier in the movie, which is... What if we get snatched by traffickers, um, Crimson Dawn or the Hut cartel? Now, we love the idea that there were criminal organizations of the size and scale of Colombian drug cartels out there um, with armies of people, and that if we got to see them, we'd only see we'd only see one tiny branch of them and if Kira moved up a step on the ladder, who was she talking to at the top of the food chain? Now, um, for his part, Paul Bettany um, during this had told GameSpot also that he was um, not sure whether Voss was actually fully aware of who he was working for or not. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, Bettany said that the Darth Maul reveal itself had a tangible effect on those who saw it solo at its premiere. He said you could really feel it in the room when you actually got that reveal.
0: Uh, I can't imagine
2: because even the cast like i said did not know who that was i guarantee you, the crew that was on that day um sam Witwer, uh um oh the, ray park and um Emily clark were the only actors that knew who this was or knew that this character was even in this movie so it's interesting all the stuff they went through to actually keep this one quiet and it actually worked for once
0: yeah. Yeah, that, that's amazing.
2: Like that I said, is... rumors, yeah, we read rumors all the time. We're trying to get news. And this was not even a rumor. <laughs> this
1: wasn't even on the
2: radar.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. Not at all. It was a complete surprise. So well.
2: But so we actually E three was this past weekend.
1: Yeah. And we got yes. Well, still going as we're recording. Technically, yes. <laughs>
2: yeah. I forgot that's actually a week,
1: during the week convention, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, there was some Star Wars news that came out of E3. Uh, Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh so uh at EA's play presentation uh Respawn CEO Vince Zampella uh revealed uh that they have a new Star Wars project that they're working on uh and it's going to be called Jedi Fallen Order Ah, very good, very good. Uh, so, there weren't a whole lot of details, but Zampella did hint that players could be in for some dark times, quote unquote. Um, so, uh, the game's supposed to take place between episode three and four in a time where the Jedi are being hunted. Uh, Zampella noted that the game would be coming out in holiday 2019. Oh boy, I can't wait. Uh, with no specific release date yet. Uh, there was no trailer or teaser footage, uh, so it's probably still very early in, in development. Uh, Respawn, of course, uh, has worked on the Titanfall games, so which are big. Uh, so they, they do some uh, intense first-person games. So this could be a first-person game. But most likely, it uh, seems like it's going to be a third-person game, uh, a third-person action game that will be headed up by God of War three director Stig As- Asmussen. Uh, uh, EA yeah, said the game is going to utilize motion capture actors for lightsaber battles. Ooh, mm, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh-huh. no, no, no official footage yet. No official date, but. But uh, holiday 2019, which is very cool. Um, I can't wait to start seeing some glimpses of it and stuff. It will be awesome. Uh, And we could possibly maybe see uh, Darth Vader um, attacking the Jedi.
1: Well, funny you say that, uh, because we are going to possibly see some glimpse of it in the Vader comics. Ah, interesting. Um. Because apparently the Vader comics will connect to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, As we know, uh, as we've heard Eric and I talk about over on Mighty Marvel Geeks, because we kind of... (laughs) coined this a little bit at celebration, and I think Charles Soule kind of, we, we took our direction from him, uh, he's currently writing the new Vader books, and he kind of mentioned sort of like Vader year one, since it literally takes place right as we see Vader for the last time in Revenge of the Sith. All right. He's already gone through the transformation into the suit, and that's where the story picks up, even though we do see him standing on the bridge looking at the construction of the first Death Star. Uh, This picks up right after he does his infamous, No! (laughs) (laughs) So, um, trying to get to the part of the... So, it has been talked about that, um, according to everything that came out of... E3, uh, and this was confirmed by Matt Martin, who's a member of the Lucasfilm story group, and Matt's the one who works with Marvel on this, um... We're going to start getting hints at the story through the Vader comic. Um, Someone asked Matt, broke my heart a little, uh, broke my heart a little, Matt. Thanks for the confirmation, though. Confirmation was there will be some hints at the game in that series, though, but those issues aren't yet out yet. So those issues probably won't come out until we get closer to the game release. Makes sense. Um, and like you had said, "Fallen Order" is said to be a game focused around the story of a young Padawan who is trying to survive the Jedi Purge, aka Order sixty six. Which we were we were told, kind of at celebration, that that's what part of the the Vader the new Vader comic is is them going and showing Vader hunting down the Jedi, what Jedi's are still there. So this.
2: Be a um a, a, more stories about Caleb Dune. <laughs>
1: um, I I don't think it's so. Be, be awesome. it, it sounds like it could be, but it, it's it's not. It, 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 you know Alisa, it, it does happen to turn into Caleb Dune.
2: I doubt it will, but it'd be kind of cool. well no because he never he came in contact with Vader, as far as we know.
1: True, but the th- the thing is though, um, if this game is canon. We already got the canon on Caleb Dune with the Kenan, um 12-issue run, which has a lot of uh, that origin backstory on him. So, um, so yeah, I think that's going to kind of, with my scattered brain, that's almost going to bring us to a close.
0: Actually, uh, there's one thing I forgot. I forgot a story, and uh, I'll just cover that really quick. And it's uh It was a story on StarWars.com dot com about five reasons we're excited for Battlefront Two Solo a Star Wars story update. Well, so, uh, so people mm-hmm. been
1: people been waiting for this, and so now we're gonna get it.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, number one, uh, being sent to the mines of Kessel never sounded so good. So uh, Kessel is going to be one of the playable maps in the game and uh, they went to a lot of uh, a lot of work to try to make it as accurate as possible um, so uh, you can experience Kessel across extraction blast heroes versus villains and hero showdown modes so that'll be kind of cool running around Kessel interest interesting enough, they have a picture of the Falcon, but it's the new, it's the Pawn Falcon, not the Lando one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> number two, the Kessel map was designed to truly make you feel like a smuggler. Um, so, of course, w- with extraction mode, you can go in and try to uh, take out the coaxium and uh, Basically, that's what the map was created for uh, with that, that game mode in mind with, to allow players to fulfill the fantasy of extracting a shipment of coaxium from the mines of Kessel, just like Han and crew in Solo. Uh, number three, I like this pro tip, scoundrels don't always shoot first. Um, the the Kessel mine <clears throat> is designed to uh, be more of a team match uh so instead of running in with your guns blazing which probably won't do you much good uh you want to find cover watch out for enemy fire work with your teammates um and also try not to stand in the toxic pools as they will damage you over time uh and the next number four the new appearances for our heroes look really good and there's a reason for that Um, Of course, they had, uh, during the production of Solo, they did 3D scans of many of the main actors that allowed Dice to use those as a starting point for the character assets. Um, And it went a really long way to helping the awesome character artists at Dice make uh, some of the best-looking characters yet. and, uh, And Lando has his cape, in case you're wondering. Uh, and number five, with Lando's Falcon, you're getting more than just a new deco on the old bucket of bolts. Uh, so, with Lando's version in the game, it's designed yeah. to have greater maneuverability uh, when compared to the other versions of the ship already in the game. Uh, it does, however, come with a trade off of having less armor. And uh, with that, you also get Lando and his co pilot, L337. And uh, you'll be happy to know that they behave as expected, and they have a lot of great banter together. So there you go. Some fun stuff in the uh, solo update for Battlefront 2.
1: That's cool. Well, I was going to leave this in the final thoughts, but... need to kill a little bit more time Uh, it has been talked about this week I know we talked about it briefly as well um, because Ken's got the one story and I've got uh, a slight transcript or excerpt from the book Lucas came out and talked about how his three movies what they were going to cover and how the fans weren't going to like it (laughs) now there's a a series on History Channel that's done by James Cameron I can't remember the title of it it's it's a AMC, yeah. AMC. It's, uh, uh,
0: I watched the whole thing, and I can't – it's
1: –
2: Science fiction.
0: Yeah. It was a good series. It was very interesting.
1: I, I need to get into I need to it. I that up. I didn't now, even know it was out there. Now, I loved Robert Cookman's Secret Stories of Comics. Yeah, that one was awesome. Those were awesome. Um, but according to – this was part of a conversation that was put into the companion book for this series – uh, George Lucas. The next three Star Wars films we're going to get into a microbiotic world, but there's this world of creatures that operate differently than we uh, than we do. I call them the Wills. Hmm. Sound familiar? Didn't we get the Wills in uh, Rogue One? Mm-hmm. I
2: think they were mentioned. I know um, the original title of Star Wars was um, the like the adventure. It was like Star Wars: The Adventures of Luke Skywalker from the from the what was it from the journal of the wills or something like that
1: yeah yeah well the the, ju- the for him well, the, there was also uh, the book *Guardian of the Wills*. Yeah, that right. came out to support *Rogue One*. Um, he goes, "So I call them the Wills, and the Wills are the ones who actually control the universe. They feed off the Force." So Cameron replies, "You're creating a religion, George." Uh, back to George. Back in the day, I used to say, "Ultimately, what this means is we're just cars, vehicles for the Wills to travel around in. We're vessels for them, and the conduit is the midi Mandalorians are the ones who that communicate with the wills. The wills, in general, in a general sense, they are the Force. Back to Cameron, um, but you're putting detail in a facade of science around an idea that's pretty timeless, which is the spirit, the soul, heaven. Um, but in your world building, you're going back to archetype, which is spirit the godhead and all that sort of thing uh and then he then this wraps with george going all the way back to with the force and the jedi and everything the whole concept of how things happen was laid out completely from the beginning to the end but i never got to finish i never got to tell the people about it and, I, and Ken, I thought you had a story that kind of backed this up a little bit more.
2: Um basically it just had everything you just had in there. Uh the only thing that uh, you didn't mention there was how Lucas said that um this his ideas would have been um let me see where it's at here. The, his his idea of this um, trilogy would have been um similar to the um the way he went about the prequel trilogy. And he said and basically with the way people reacted to the Phantom Menace, they probably would have reacted very similarly to these three movies.
1: So I wonder if it's because of the reaction to the prequels and the whole midichlorian concept that kept him from going through with it. Quite possibly. I th- I, th- I mean, I'll admit, the midichlorians, when that was brought up, seemed like a, a far stretch. It was like, oh, so this is how everything's done? <laughs> um, but hearing how the wills were going to be a part of it, I still would have been open to, to hear how that all flowed together, especially if original trilogy were introduced to Jedi. Prequels were introduced to the mini-chlorians. Then it comes back around full circle, and then with George's sequel trilogy, we would have been introduced to the Wills. Um, so, and, I, and we do kind of, like I said, get that in, in Rogue One with Jeddah. So, you know, they're on the planet Jeddah, it gets mentioned. Mm. So that, oh, they're not Force-sensitive, but they are aware of the Force, and they are keepers of the wills, or guardians of the wills. So, which I think leads them to think Jen is potentially Force-sensitive herself, and just never knew it. Especially mm-hmm. since, uh, Amy. I can't think of the characters' names. Uh... It's the two, the two guys who, the two Asian guys who call themselves the Guardians of the Wills. Oh, you're talking about and Bays? Yes. Thank you. So, um, other than that, any other final thoughts?
2: Well, I got nope. this is interesting because this one just popped up and it had officially this came out yesterday, it looks like. But um, our friends over at Fantha Tracks, and Mark Newbold, has actually found um, this was actually reported originally on comicbook.com. That uh Disney and Lucasfilm have filed for new trademarks for Star Wars Detours. Ooh. Now we had the um original producers of detours for what was made already on the show back in the beginning of our show.
1: Yep. Jennifer um, Jennifer and Ton.
2: Yeah. Well, it looks like <laughs> if you go to Fantha Tracks, they have the actually list here if you want to actually look at the filings for this. But um, the, we know that there's a, about 30 episodes ready to go, finished animation. All I got to do is put them on. So it looks like they Disney may be finally ready to move ahead with this, possibly. Or this maybe they may be getting ready to release this on the um, on the streaming service or something. But this is new applications for Star Wars Detour specifically for the trademark.
1: Interesting. Very oh. interesting. Well, I'm going to reach out to people who are in the know, hopefully. And as soon as we get an official report, we will definitely, if it's before next show, we will cite, mention it on Oh yeah. Twitter if we have the permission to do so. So because the, the message has been sent. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope it does come out. So I, I'll, I'll be excited to, to see. That'd be cool. Because I I I, I love the teasers that they had during Celebration Six, and I, I definitely would love to see this come through to fruition. Mm. So, um, anything else? That's all mm-hmm. I had. Mm-hmm. Me too. Then, um, on that note, if I get the right thing up, there's only one thing left to be said.
2: Give the evacuation code signal.
1: I can hold it. Hold on. No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of the R2 unit. I've lost R2. <laughs>